Hi, welcome to our podcast. It's August 2018. Welcome to Serial Moms. So today we're going to talk about a couple different fun topics. I'm Susan Apgood, co-host. Sam Viegas. And we are here today with Kim Terry. Hey folks, it's Kim here. And today we are going to focus on motivation. uh, And then we're also going to talk about um, how to achieve joy. And then the last topic is crying at work. Yay or nay? Is it okay? All right. So um, for our listeners and for me as well, Mm -hmm. um, tell us the connection that you two have, how you know each other and Kim's, you know, connection to motivation. So Kim and I have trained together. Well, she's trained me at the gym for about 15 years, right before my wedding. Oh, wow. started training together. Oh, you guys go way back. We go way back. You're even, a personal trainer. Okay. Even further back is I remember at Washington Sports Club, she had her son Colton in a little baby carrier. He's now 20. He just turned 20 Good this Lord. summer. And she was teaching spin classes and he was in the little baby, you know, the, the one with the handle. On yeah, it. yeah, yeah. The little so, baby with the one with the handle. Yeah. I got gotcha. The little baby thingy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the car seat. Thank the, you. The car carrier. Yeah. So, um, so we'll, we'll talk to Kim in just a few minutes, but I want to go through our sponsor for today. Sponsor. So our sponsor today is Optavia, which we'll talk about with Kim. Um, so we make up a sponsor in hopes that one day they come to us and say, we're going to give you tons of money to do this all the time. So that's so that, where we are. <laughs> the podcast I host, I guess, hosted on last uh-huh. week uh-huh. with, um, water in real life, yeah. my friends in, in Texas. And they were just like, we have real sponsors. And I'm oh, like, how did I got to talk no to them? Fun. They have real sponsors, <laughs> but I am going to talk to them about how they did it. Okay. And I'll report back. Okay. Good. Offline. Good. So Optavia is a plan that I'm on with Kim and she's my coach and it is basically, and she can describe it better, but it's a nutrition plan. So that's the component that I was missing in my health. I, it has nothing to do. I eat healthy. I just eat too much. So this plan has really helped me to get things on track. Um, I feel amazing. I know people always say that and it sounds so cliche. I know I get you. Yeah. I sleep really well. Even if I don't get enough sleep, I still feel like I had enough sleep. Right. I never get that. Ugh. How am I going to make it through to tonight? Tired. Right. So it's, it's, you eat five to six fuelings a day. And then you have one meal that it, it consists of a lean and green. So whether it's a fish, shrimp, chicken, and then like a spinach, broccoli combo. How uh, long have you been doing for this? A, a month. Wow. I've, by and you Friday, feel really good. I will be at 10 pounds. Wow. So that's my goal is by this Friday's weigh-in. And I know we talk about accountability a lot on our podcast, but what I do is every Friday I step on the scale, I take a picture and I send it to Kim. So that is my biggest thing. There are very few people in this world. I'm still registering that. I'm registering it while you're, you can go on blah, blah, blah. I'm just in my head going, taking a picture of the scale and sending it to somebody Uh, like, right. Stood on it. I stood on it. Looked at it. Took a picture for the memories (laughs) and sent. I delete the picture after I send it to her. Not, not, (laughs) not in my, yeah, not doing 
not going to do it. So, quote um, Bush. but I'll tell you what, in the last month I've made a lot of strides, not just in weight. Like I, obviously I want to lose a little bit of weight, but it's more, I lost 2% body fat. Well, that's big. And my BMI went down by two points in one month. Wow. Am very I getting, good. That's correct, right? Yeah, very, okay. very good. So super It's not just the black it. dress making you look felt. It's not. Wow. It's the whole, it's the whole look. Oh my gosh. So I'm going to let Kim introduce herself and just tell, you know, good tell job, us a Kim. little bit about yourself and, um, and then we'll move Dive on. Dive right in. Dive yeah. right in. Hi, ladies. Thank you so much for letting me come talk to you guys today. My name is Kim Terry and I've again known Susan forever and ever. And I think that we probably, how I ended up here is because I started off as a cheerleader. I think that's really where it started. I think I was trying to think of how, where does that motivation come from? That's just who I am. That's just kind of how I talk. And when I started thinking about the questions that we were talking about, I um, didn't know where it came from. It's just who I am. And I had to actually put those who I am on paper. That was, that was challenging. So thanks for that focus to actually think of why I do what I do. Um, but uh, Susan, uh, Susan is an easy person to work with because she works so hard. It's easy to tell somebody, you should do this. And they go, oh, okay, yeah, right. And they don't listen. Well, Susan's going to go home and she's going to practice it and she's going to do it until she gets it right. And that's really where motivation lives. She just constantly makes it happen and is always ready for the next goal, which is where we start. Mm-hmm. You ready me to start? Yeah. Shall we get this going? Yeah. All right. It all starts with a goal. If you don't have a goal, you you have no place. You're just floundering. And it could be a simple goal, like just get me through today without crying at work. You know, if that's your goal, that's, that's what it is. And you have to have the why. Why do I want that goal? Uh, is it, I was trying to think of different goals we have. Okay. Is it weight loss? Is it a new job? Is it, I want to pay off my bills. Is it monetary? Sure. Is it something sure. simple? Like I want my garden to look better this year. You know, what, what's your goal? What's going to make you happy? What's going to give you joy going into your third topic today. Right. Um, and once you figure out what you want, which for some people is really hard, they, I don't know what I want, you know, so go with small, figure out something small and that's where you go. So we were starting off today, which I was a little bit, I should have asked you if I could switch the order here because it starts kind of negative. We are loosey-goosey, however you want to go. We're we're going with it because I got my flow. I got my flow. That's all right. We start off with what stops or or reduces our motivation. Well, let's not assume that we're going to have to stop, but that is one of the problems most people run into. And obviously it's the defeat, the failure. We don't want to fail. Our brain wants you to succeed because we feel better when we succeed. It feels great. You do something, you know, you reach that next goal, even two pounds on that scale felt like, woo, it's all worth it, you know? And why does that happen? I mean, why, why do we stop because we defeat and what makes us defeat? I think it's unrealistic goals. Sometimes we reach for something that's like, okay, I want to lose a hundred pounds in three months. Well, that's just not going to happen. You know. What about the why, Kim? Does sometimes the why play into why we don't, um, why we lose our motivation because the why is off? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Check down three stents. Okay. Okay. Here says um, an altered view of your goal. Sometimes our alt- your your view of your goal is is changed. Mm. Um, and is it still relevant? Mm-hmm perfect example for me. I always wanted to own my own gym. I thought that would be an awesome thing. Guess what? I own my own gym. And you know what? It's not all cracked up to be, you know what I mean? So when the opportunity came to get out, I was like, you know what? That's a good idea. It wasn't relevant anymore. It didn't bring me joy. It did not. It was a hassle. It wasn't where I wanted to be. And that was fine. 
You know, I got there, I looked around, said it's not good. I used to compete in sport aerobics. I thought, oh, all I have to do is win the national championship. I won the national championship. I came home, and nobody cared. It was hysterical. I was like, we won the nationals. They're like, national what? You know, nobody knows what the national aerobic championship is, but to me, it was this huge goal. And, you know, I thought with that, I'll get to travel and go to all these conventions and teach. And then I thought, well, it's not relevant anymore because now I have a family and I don't want to be away from my family and make $200 to teach a class. Yeah, $200 sounds like a lot to a class, but not if I'm spending four days to do it. But isn't this all the process of life where you set these goals, you meet them, and of course they're not relevant anymore. You met them and they, you checked that box, right? It doesn't mean you have to stay with that thing forever. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just a a ledge you reached or something, right? That's, that's true. But sometimes along the way you may have gotten distracted or you never really reached that goal. That's what happened. That's a, that's a good day when you got to get, when you can go there and say, it's not for me. That's, that's a, that's a success right there, right? Because you were making that choice that says it's not for me. It wasn't you giving up because again, unrealistic goals. Was it too big? You can't imagine yourself in that place. Does that make sense? Sometimes we just think, yeah, I would love to be that person on that stage or whatever. And you're like, yeah, but I could never do that. You know, and that's, so that's too big. That's just too big. Instead of saying, I would love to teach in a small gym or whatever it is. You know I mean? You have to find those intermediate goals. Um, sometimes it's just too hard when people get into an effort, it's just too much. You know, I want to lose a hundred pounds. That's a lot of work. And sometimes you don't want to, you don't want to do the work. I have people all the time come to me and say, I just can't do it. It's too hard. It's too strict. And they would rather be, they're not ready. They would rather be where they are than do the work. Right. I think that's what it boils down to with a lot of goals is when you find halfway through that you're not willing to do the work, you're not motivated to do the work then ultimately what you have is what you want more, right? Mm-hmm, you're, mm-hmm. That's the choice that you're making in that moment. Mm-hmm. It's a goal, but maybe goal is a strong word for you. It's a desire. It's a want. I, hey, I was going to ask you, how important is it that you um, vocalize your goal or that you share it with anybody? What if you're just one of those people that keeps it all inside? No, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, I mean, that would be part of those... Um, success things. You know, you got to write it down. You got to put the pictures on your fridge. You recommend you, you get it out, you share it, you You write it it or vocalize it to somebody. Uh Absolutely. And letting people know what you're doing. You know, if you're going to do it, hide it in the closet, then if you don't make it, it's okay. Because nobody knew and there's no, it goes back to accountability, but you, you feel disappointed in yourself. And you know, that's not that you want to set yourself up for success. But that's why I think I, I would not necessarily share people with people stuff that I'm working on because I know that I can derail my own success if I want to. And I might do that. And I don't want to be perceived as a failure to, you know, friends but and then family. I go back and I ask, what's your, why, how strong is your, why we were talking about Optavia. When I decided to do this, my why is humongous. My why is I've trained people for 20 years and I can't help them lose weight. Uh, my name is Kim Terry. I'm a trainer and I can't make you lose weight, you know, because it, it's not about the hour we spend together. You can blow that workout in five minutes. I would look at journal after journal and their food was fine. I didn't have a tool to help them. Right. So that's, I have, for me, I'm committed. It worked for me. I've seen it work with the few people I've, I've worked with personally. And I see the 17 years of success. And I know that I can help people with this. 
So there's, there's no question, is it hard? Right. One thing I think that has helped with me just on this journey that's only been 30-something days is I used to uh, put these big goals in my head and be like, by my sister's wedding, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. Well, then all of a sudden there's this pressure of a date and a and somewhat random too. somewhat random yeah but you know the maid of honor so i wanted to i okay there's a why and uh, but then you blow it one time because you're out celebrating and then you're like ah it's too close i'm never actually going to achieve that goal anyway so what i love about this is i started on a random date we just read the book why i'm sorry when by Daniel Pink, uh, in my boss ladies book club. And it's all about timing of things like time of day to do things, time of year to do things it's called when it's called when by Daniel Pink. Okay. It's, it's a great read. Grab that. And, um, he talks about, you know, you could pick whatever your when is. And he was talking about people start diets on January 1st, because that's the time that we turn the clock and, He's like, you could do the first day of the month. You could do the first day of the week. And he picked all these firsts when you can do things. And it was like 220 days of the 365 days a year. So I started July 16th. It was, it's my niece's birthday who I love very much. And it wasn't, I came back from vacation, but it wasn't like a January 1st. And then there's, you put all this pressure on yourself. Um, so, and then my end date is just, it's a race I'm doing in October. So it's not like this place where I'm going to be with a bunch of people. It's just, it's, it's my goal. It's the, you know, aerobic championships in my head. Like to me, it's huge. And I think one thing is, you know, sometimes you have these huge goals and you think if you verbalize it and you're going to, you're failing or you fail, you don't want to verbalize it too much because then it looks like you are a failure. So it's that fear factor that comes in. But I, I think it is one of those things that people are worried about themselves. They're not actually worried about if, if what I you lose doing. 20 pounds by right. October 6th, right. <laughs> or if you're the national championship, which, which is cool that you're the national champion. But we think that people care so much more about what we do than they actually care. Right. You know, like I, I remember having this conversation with one of my good friends and, um, she was at her work. It was right after we got out of college and somebody said to her, how are you? And she's like, fine. How are you? And this woman launched into, Oh, I've got this back pain and blah, blah, blah. And we were joking about it. Like people just want you to say fine. Like if they really want to know how you are, they're really <laughs> going to ask you. Right. But they just want to make, okay, okay. Kim's fine. Sam's fine. Okay. I'm going to move on. I think I said to my boss once, this is a long time ago, but we were, I, we were passing in the hall and I hadn't seen him in a while. Mm-hmm. Like I think he was on travel and he said, he said, uh, I said, Hey, he said, how's it going? And I said, as in high or as in you want to know? And he yeah. laughed yeah. and he was like, it's, it's true. Like as in high. And right. I was like, Good. Right. And I, we kept walking. People need to clarify that more. They do. Yeah, they do. And it's funny because now that Kim and I are, are doing this, well, you know, doing this plan, um, when she says, how are you? I take it totally different. Right. Like she, she means like, how are you feeling? Really? How are you doing? Right. And I think part of my success in this is knowing that she really cares the, about the answer to that. Yeah. Right. And she truly does. It's yeah. not just like, Oh, great. Okay, good. You know, move on. And so I think when you have that gift and you share it, it's so much easier to take a picture 
of yourself on a scale and send it to that person. Yeah, Does that make sense? I got sense? no faith in myself to do that. Yeah. yeah go on. So, um, okay. <laughs> so let's, let's talk a little bit about some habits that we can create just to make ourselves healthier, you know, whatever it is, but more fit, just like tips that you would have, each of you would have, um, you know, sort of health hacks to keep us motivated. Okay. You got some right off the cuff. I got to think, I got to think while you talk. Um, again, more broadly, it's just about the goal. You know I mean? Whether it is to run a race, whether it is to, I mean, health wise to make it through a spin class without, you know, make the whole way through, say you want to do two classes in a row. Say if you're older and you want to run around with your grandkids, I have uh, one older lady. She's like, I just want to get down on the floor again with my grandkids. And that's a goal. So you know what? Every time we train, we practice getting up and down off the floor. It's funny that you mentioned that specifically <clears throat> because, you know, my, my fitness goals for myself have changed each decade. And my current fitness goal, the reason I get exercise and I don't work out anymore, I get exercise. Workout is for 20 year olds and <laughs> exercise. I know, I know is exactly what, I do. what you mean. Yeah. I know exactly so now I just exercise. Mean. I don't work out. But um, the whole reason I do is because I want to be able to play on the floor with grandchildren one day. Don't let and, it go. Never and that is it, it. That's my like, you know, that hangs over my head. But I try to make it enjoyable. It's, I don't, it's going to filter into treasury versus joy, but I don't, I don't do stuff at the gym that I hate because that, then I associate something I don't enjoy with something I have to do. So, um, I quit my gym recently because I love my walks. Mm -hmm. So I take my walks. Is the walk super cardio? No. Am I burning fat? No, but it's a three and a half mile an hour pace. It's three and a half miles, um, maybe four. And I feel great mentally, physically, emotionally after I do it. So that's my deal. I tend to think walking is one of the more perfect exercises for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, as far as that, as far as that goal goes, no matter what your goal is to, to get to that walk, sometimes you have to plan ahead, you know, and that's part of it is you have to know that you're, you're, you've made a goal, you set a plan and you stick to that plan, you know, Every Wednesday morning, you're there at spin class, Mm -hmm. Susan, you know, so every Tuesday afternoon at lunchtime, you say, I'm going to take that walk. You know, it's raining today. Oh, well, put your raincoat on. It's okay. Mm -hmm. It's just water. So you have to make a plan and stick with it as long as that plan makes sense. Right. You know, as long as that goal makes sense and learn how to reassess it as the time comes, you know, that's not working for me anymore because then I'm late for this and I'm late for that. So pick a different plan. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You still want to get the goal is still the exercise. Pick a different plan. Yeah. Right. So, and then again, it, it has to do with whether you're exercising, losing weight, changing your jobs. I was thinking of um, someone was talking about their kids um, and their college path. You know, they were mm-hmm. getting ready to, to start applying to colleges. There is so much planning into that process. Just you wait, Sam. Just you yeah. wait. It's coming. And, you know, what they do now really lays the, not, not to add pressure, but there's a bit of planning that goes into it. You mm-hmm. got to make a plan. If your kid wants to be go to MIT, they better be taking engineering classes and whatever their science engineer, whatever and interest they have has to go in that direction. Mm-hmm. If they want to be playing sports, you better do it now because all of that matters. That's right. part of the plan that goes towards the goal. You can't right. wake up one day and say, "I want to do that." Well, you got to plan ahead. Right. So. Yeah. Like for me in terms of doing fitness stuff, people are like, you're always doing races. And honestly, I just want to finish and feel good. Those are my goals. Anytime I do a race or, you know, so I do, I, um, doing a triathlon in a couple of weeks and my only goal 
finish, feel good, and beat my time from last year. I'm not competitive with other people. I don't care who beats me. I don't care who's behind me. I care that, and finish and feel good are my first two goals because I used to put so much pressure on myself when I started doing these races and thinking, if I don't place in the top 20%, then why am I even doing this? And that's just dumb, right? So I think also the older you get, the the more sure you are about what you want. And so sometimes it's hard to pin down exactly what your goals are, but finish, feel good. That's it. And people will always say, Oh, what do you, you know, what are you hoping to, to break time-wise? I'm like, I don't actually don't care. So like, to me, that's a big victory because I'm by nature, a very competitive person and people would think I would be, you know, striving to get on the, the podium. I honestly don't care. And I can say that now because I'm very confident in who I am and what I want out of things. I think if I could jump in, I think that's why you're so well balanced in all the things you do. People always say, I can't believe she does. She exercises so much. She runs her own business. She's got all these kids. You're on so many boards. She's teaching it, you know, at the university. So it's like, how do you do all that? Because her why is just to finish. Her why is not to, to kill herself and to be, you know, to get better times. I'm mean, not that you won't, you will obviously with time, it's going to get better. You do the work, you get better. That's just the way it goes. But to keep a balance and keep your why, you know, real, then it it keeps you in balance that way. I think, Susan, that you really model this idea, and I might be segueing here, but I think you really model that achievement through joy, Mm -hmm. you know, process. Mm -hmm. And that's, um, I forget where we saw that article, if that was Inc. Oh, New York Times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you want to head there now or? Yeah. If I could add one last thing, just yeah. I think one of the uh, one of the points I really wanted to make is you really have to surround yourself with like-minded people, not competitive, but supportive. Yes, that is your that is your ace your in peeps. your back pocket. Yes. It really is because when you have a hard goal, who's going to say it's okay, mom? You'll be okay. Just, you know, we'll, we'll make dinner tonight. Go do what you have to do. Or, you know, who's going to have the shot running when so you walk important. in the door? Yep. You know. Yeah. I think one thing is when I started this, my husband was doing a low carb thing and he lost 30 pounds. Like it was nothing. I hate men who die. Yeah. That sucks. Pissed me off. And he, and I was texting Kim about starting on July 16th. And, and, and I said, Rick was doing this, this thing as well. And she's like, it's so good for you that you guys are sort of in the same place. And we weren't doing the exact same thing, but it was really nice to, when we were planning dinner, like to figure out, like, let's do this instead of like what we used to do, which would just, so I think, I feel like if one of us was doing it and the other one wasn't, it would be so easy to fall back on it. So I think having a, a, a right. team around you, lots of forces can derail yeah. if they're not with you. And what I love, they're is, not with you. They're against you. Right? right. That's it. That's it. And on Fridays when there's a group of us that, that work out together and two of us, uh, Anne and I are like super into the Optavia stuff. So anybody that joins our little clan on Fridays is probably going to start doing the plan. And I think, except for Lauren, who's already thin and whatever, but it, it's just interesting. Like having that, that tribe, it's so important. Yeah. And, um, I think just taking that step and starting and, you know, if you want to lose 50 pounds and you only lose 20, Hey, guess what? You're down 20 pounds. Like there's a saying about shooting for the moon. And if you hit a star, you're still, you know, yeah, yeah. so whatever it is. Um, the only thing about the plan that, to remember is it's not, there's no end date. 
it's not like you're on this forever, but the plan is really to change your habits. Right. It's about healthy living. It's about healthy habits of life and just changing how you think of food or how you manage your food, how you manage your timing and, and the, the composition of the food, you know, rather than grabbing a bagel for breakfast, you're going to grab protein instead. Right. That's all. That's all it is. So right. that it, it really does become just your, your way of life. So anyway, so yeah. So, but getting back to this idea of, you know, achievement through joy, right. um, you know, and Susan, I think you model it well because you do so many things that just bring you joy and by virtue of that, you're achieving at a high level, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I forget which one of us, did, was it you that brought that of article to Of course it was you. Oh, okay. I don't remember. Well, because you brought, you came from the perspective of I'm done doing oh, things I, I do, hate doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is, a, it's been my mantra, right? Like I don't do great. anything that I don't want to do. I really don't. Like, especially as a, as a PR consultant, when people call me and they're like, I've got this thing for you and I get like calls fairly regularly about I've got this project for you and I turn down a lot like I need work but I will I need work but I will totally turn down stuff that I know that will suck the life out of me Mm -hmm. because either it's not my strong suit it's not a topic I care about um, you don't align with the potential client. I don't That's align with the client, which is a very fancy way of saying I don't want to work with somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I completely buy into this whole, you know, thing is, you know, and it was such a relief to read it like in New York times and go, Oh, thank God I'm going to be okay. Yeah. I'm going to achieve mm-hmm. doing it my way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas I, I just do more things that bring me joy. So I got this journal a couple of months ago before I went to Miraval and it's just that you write down at the beginning of the week, six things you want to find a good habit of doing. It's like for me, I want to read for 20 minutes a Why day. Why six? It's just how many lines oh, there were. Okay. I okay. Know. Okay. I mean, you could do three, you could oh, do, okay. but it, it had six and, and it's, you know, I like to journal in my scrapbook. Like there are a couple things that I really like to do, but I never seem to find the time on a regular basis. And this is just a good reminder of that. Like that brings me joy. And so, um, like I don't really love running, but I know that it's such an integral part. You run so much. Right. But I love spinning. I honestly, like, I love it's swimming. It's the feeling I you love, get after that you love. It's the feeling you get after. That you love. That I love. Yeah. So I am getting better at running. I'm faster. Um, so Kim told me the stat that for every pound you have, it's four pounds of pressure on your joints, on your body. I had always thought it was five. So that's good. That's better. But I had, I I remember that because I remember when I weighed, um, uh, like 110 or something and I gained like, I think I gained like five pounds and I was a runner and I was like, that is like 25 pounds extra into my ankles and knees. Yeah, and today I ran three me. miles at an eleven twenty pace, which is very fast for me. I'm usually like eleven fifty, and it has everything to do with what I'm doing nutritionally. I think you run like I'm just. I think you and Sultana could run together. We probably she, could. She I don't know posts if I could her keep pace up with all her. the time. No, she's but about there. Like yeah. at some point, I would yeah. love to go for a run with her. Like yeah. that would be a great joy goal. Hi, for Sultana. Me. Hi, Sultana. I'm going to run five miles with you at some point. Yeah. So just stuff like that. But I think cutting out things that you don't like to do, classes that you don't like, instructors you don't like, that just, if it doesn't bring you happiness, why do it? I'm all about it. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's funny. You know, what's a, a stupid thing that I was doing every day that it was just a habit, but there was no joy in it was I was watching local morning news. Mm-hmm. Local morning news is the most useless thing ever mm-hmm. on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, traffic, weather, Forget about the satellite media tours that we do. That's awesome. Yeah, no, no, no. That's the critical stuff. But traffic, weather, and whatever they're talking about between 6.30 and 7, there's nothing in there of any value whatsoever. I mean, national news at 7, whichever your channel, is a different story, and we could debate about that. But um, I was sitting down every morning with a cup of coffee, not because I wanted to. It was an epiphany like about a year or two ago. It might have been right around the election, but... I I was sitting there and I was like, what the hell am I getting out of this half an hour? And I stopped doing it. And instead I get my coffee and I go straight to my computer and I start my stupid work day. And guess what? I found a half an hour to be a little more productive. So maybe I'm more thoughtful about the day's plan or whatever, but it's not sucking it, it. By the way, 30 minute segment of morning news is really like, 22 minutes of commercials and eight minutes of solid information. Right. Would you really say you were watching that or is it just on? It's See, just in my you, house. It's just on. It's, it's in the kitchen. It's just on. It's over your ear. You hear the news and whatever, but who's, I that? was sitting there wrapped with my coffee. Like oh, I have to yeah, tune in for the morning good. and now I don't, I don't anymore. Cause You're I realized much better now. that yes. was stupid. That was something I had no joy. So Kim, I would love to hear things that bring you joy and things that you've dropped because they didn't bring you joy. Oh boy. Is that too loaded? No, 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 no. Things I don't, um, yeah, there, I have fired a few clients. Oh, true. Yep. For sure. For sure. Um, as I get busier, they find themselves not rescheduled and, um, that's, that's probably one of the bigger things. Um, I don't work around my house as much as I used to. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not that I don't like it. I feel like my time is, uh, I'd, I'd rather pay somebody else to do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just feel like mm-hmm. that's, that's something better. I still clean my own bathroom. That's oh. one of those things. But. So there's a great quote, which I quote a lot, but mm-hmm. it's don't spend dollar time doing penny things. I love that. Yeah. I love that. The woman who started, um, Mary Kay cosmetics, that that's a quote from her Mary and Kay. Mary Kay, not Mary Kate. <laughs> Did I say Mary Kate? Mary Kay. Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah. And so I I thought that was a a great quote because when I first started my business, I remember talking to a guy who helped me out a lot and saying, oh, I should get a job at like rock bottom and wait tables. And he was like, so you can make $25 an hour when you could be investing that $25 in your business. And so he gave me this book that had that as like the opening quote. And I I think it's, that's a a great way to look at things. Like if other, if you can pay other people to do it, by all means. Right. And that is uh, the walk. You mentioned the walk. I love the walk. I live very close to Rock Creek Parkway. And oh my gosh, it is just the best hour of my day. The, my kids and my husband are so fine. They're like, okay, mom's got her headphones on. Look out. You know, right. I'm Off just going to go. I'm going to do yeah. that loop. It's an hour. I can listen to Sade on my playlist and just be totally zen, you know, loving it the whole way. And it just puts you in a different space. Yeah. So that, that's a joy thing. I mean, I can tell you that I remember 10 years ago thinking, God, when walking is my exercise, what am I going to do? You know, mm-hmm. well, guess what? We're here and I love it. It's yeah. okay. It's yeah. okay. I don't, I don't mind that. So. Right. What do we do about, because I remember in my twenties thinking this, and I think my, my kids think this too. What do we do about that notion of, I can't engage in the things that I love to do 
for a job, like I'm not going to seek out paid work. Like, let's say I love working out and someone says, why don't you become a trainer? Right. Or I love to play the guitar. Well, why don't you, you know, whatever, you know, max dances, is that going to be your career? So is there truth to that? Is there truth to don't do the thing you love because then it'll become treasury or, um, is the message here? Cause I've always heard do what you love and the money will come. Right. But, um, there's so many, so many people in evidence of, oh, I used to love this and now I hate it because I have to do it instead of I, I want think, to. I think it can go both ways. Mm-hmm. At the end of a long day, when I've been in the gym talking for eight hours, I want to leave. If I skip my workout for two days, I can't wait to get back in the gym and do my own workout. Um, I still teach spinning because I love to teach spinning and I will fight for that class as long as I can. I love to teach it. And I'm a little bit of a snob because I like my own class. And I don't really like anybody else's class. <laughs> that's just a, that's just me. So um, I still love what I do. But this is kind of my second I want to say second career. But for a long time, I worked for a commercial real estate company. I just was a glorified secretary. So when I got to do this full time when my kids were born, I love it. And I love spending time with every hour of my day is different. Am I exhausted at the end of the day? Do I want to work out? Maybe not as much as I probably right, should right. or could or whatever, but that doesn't mean I don't like it. And it's just, that's just a product of, of tired. Sure. It's not that I don't like it. Yeah. And I started this business cause I love business. It's not that I love PR. And we were just talking about this at a meeting with a client earlier today. And so I love the idea of finding solutions to problems especially financial ones. And so that's my why at this job. Yeah. Yeah. And I just happened to have stumbled upon a great opportunity when I started this business. With PR. It's funny you say that because I can imagine you, especially the fact that you're, you know, teaching as well, but I, I can imagine you, um, leading another type of business Mm because I just, I think I see you as a business owner first before I see you as a PR business owner. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so I, I find that I'm very fortunate because the person we met with earlier today, he's like, I love marketing communications. I don't really like the business part of it. And I was like, but it's so interesting when you have a budget. And he was like, like, you know, but to me it's fascinating. And I, I know that that is my thing to share with other people. And that's why I love teaching. And I just feel like I'm so fortunate to be able to do both because my business has done a lot better since I started teaching because I get this instant gratification and instant feedback. Whereas with a job like this, you don't always do that. No, you don't always get that. So yeah, I've learned recently that I like the chase of the work more than I like getting the work. Uh huh. Like that. I mean, don't get me wrong. When you win the work, you're like bonus. But that day that you have to sit down and start the project it's is always a little bit. It's a little daunting. Down, right? Because yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you're like, oh, now I got to do this. Yeah. I'm now got to do what I sold myself yeah. to do. Um, I love that chase. Yeah. And that's what well, I do all business development. And yeah. then I pass the work to a great team that executes all of it. So yeah. I do. I love that. Yeah. The hunt and the, okay, I, I'm going to do it. I'm ready to, you know, to move forward. It's pretty awesome. Um, how are we doing on time? So we're, let's move on to our last okay. topic, which is okay. crying at work. So this was another one I picked up thrive global, I think on LinkedIn. Um, uh, so we're going to have a difference of opinion. We here. sure are. Okay. So I'm team cry. I'm team not cry. Okay. Talk. 
So tell us, I think the challenge with crime and I think, did you, you read it, right? I read it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I think the challenge is once you cry, you lose your credibility. And unless it's something that is like health of a parent or a child or a very personal issue and you feel close enough to talk with somebody about that. But if it's crying because you didn't get the part of the project that you thought you were going to get, that to me is not acceptable. Have you not ever cried at work? I don't know that I have. Okay. Um, About so, anything work related. Right. Okay. Right. But so here's my feeling in that I, I think the author was making this point. You know, there is a stigma with crying and that's, that's too bad. I think mm-hmm. I, it's a, it's an emotion. Um, it's an involuntary behavior that we do. We don't control it. So for example, if somebody keeled over in your office right now and began vomiting, you would rush to their side and go, oh my gosh, are you okay? What's wrong? What can I do? But when they're crying, there's such a kind of a weirdness with it that everyone's like, do I talk to her? Do I not touch her? Do I touch her? Right. Yeah. But the, but the thing is, is that crying is an emotion like any that is, should signal you something's wrong. And what I would hope people would do where, regardless of where you are, grocery store, office, home is seek to understand and, and, and find out now, in the category of, you know, crying because you didn't get a project, I mean, maybe you might have somebody that has trouble managing emotions. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about that. Okay. Um, I cried at work one time several years ago because the night before I was delivering a, um, a presentation to customers and they were belligerent. They stood up, they attacked, they, wow. they were aggressive. Um, I, I, and my boss was in the back of the room and he could have very easily disarmed this conversation Mm -hmm. and he sat silent. Mm -hmm. It was after, I think I had been there for nine and a half years and, um, I held my shit together until I got in the car and I cried all the way home. And And he was in the car with you or no, no, no. no. We go separate ways. But the next day at the office, I was so bothered by the fact that after nine years, I saw in that moment that he didn't have my back. Mm -hmm. It was a very important moment. It was a clear moment where he could have stood up and said, Hey, now here's, Mm -hmm. here's the reason she's not your, you know, she's not your, the subject of your anger. And he could have diffused it all. Yeah. And he sat silent and the tears came involuntarily, like you don't control them, but it became because of the realization washing over me of my time here is over. So it wasn't because they were mean to you. It was because of your, it was because he was not there for me. Right. And it was the realization after nine years that somebody you thought would have your back through thick and thin did not. Mm -hmm. And the realization that my God, I have to go. Mm-hmm. I can't stay and work for him because my whole relationship dynamic is now different. Right. I don't feel trusted, supported, all of those things. And so people who came to my cube to interact with me that day, who saw me just not holding it together, were so compassionate. They all knew what happened the night before because a lot of them were there. They witnessed it and they said, go home, go to the movies, go do something. You don't have to be here. We totally get, you have every right to cry. And I'll never forget that. Mm -hmm. It was, it was so good 
for your coworkers right. to do that. So I feel like it's important to um, acknowledge it and seek to understand it because like she says in the article, it is more often than not uh, um, tears of anger or frustration mm-hmm. and not sadness. Okay. Okay. Um, and we need to understand it. Now, if you've got a pattern of somebody who's just a crybaby or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, which I think is where you were headed with that. I think that's different. Okay. But yeah. the first time I think you have to validate, right? Yeah. So couple, couple things. Yeah. We had somebody here who was a, a crier. So one day we're going around, it was just a team meeting and we sat down and I, I wanted to know how to best communicate with people. Do you like email? If I need to tell you something, do you want to know the subject? Like, Sam, I need to talk to you about the strategic plan that you did for the association at three o'clock. Or do you just, you know, is it okay? I just need to talk to you. Like, wh- or do you want me to come over and talk to you? Like, right. Whatever it is, you know, how do you like to be communicated with? And we got to this one woman and she burst into tears. So she had a lot of stuff, I guess, going on outside of the office, but then that became her pattern where she would just cry at the drop of a hat. So then what did I do as somebody who was paying her as I was afraid to go up to her because I didn't want to have to deal with the crying. So then I started going around to around her. Right. And so that's not fair because I'm very mindful of that as a manager. It's not, it's not fair to lean on just the people who are strong. Right. And I knew in that moment she was gone. Right. We didn't, we didn't end up firing her. She ended up leaving. Right. I think it takes courage to make that move though, as the boss to go talk to that person and try to find out, you know, what's going on here. It's clearly not work, but something's bothering you. I did. Right. I did. And it was, there was a lot of just, you know, talking in circles. So it wasn't, it wasn't constructive yeah, and it made people uncomfortable, not just me, but it made other people uncomfortable. Right. So then let's turn to another client though, who I've fired talking about firing clients about three times. Um, and she is just not a happy person. She is mean to everybody in her path. And when I was on vacation, she literally went around the office talking to her, knew I was on vacation just to, you know, she's mad at something else. So she's like, I'm going to take it out on somebody else. She, that's her way of lashing out. And many years ago, um, I watched her berate somebody that worked for me. Hmm. And I immediately called the client and I said, we're done. It's not worth it to me. I bring you so much business, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I actually don't care about your business, whether it's a million dollars or $10. I want you to treat people with respect. So then she comes crawling back and, you know, it's, it's, it's happened from time to time, but as soon as she made somebody else cry and it was for, I mean, it was a good reason to cry. I just don't let people at work. Like to me, work is not that important. It's hair, hair, hair. Right. There, so the, yeah. there are other things that are so much more important. Right. That, and, and that's probably part of just being in business for a long time. But do you notice how, you know, the emotion that was expressed by that person was anger and you wanted to intervene and make sure they understood, you know, I had her back, you had her back and, and, and that you wouldn't tolerate anger, but there's a conversation. That's the emotion. Right. And it, and it should happen when someone is sad as well, or crying as well. Like it's just, we have to think of it as an emotion that requires an intervention of some kind. Right. 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 And you know, we all have things that we go through. We all have, you know, health issues, 
parent, children, you know, whatever it is. Um, and I think that, that in a good workplace, people understand that it's, it's when you sort of flip the switch and then you take advantage of it. So if somebody is kind to you and says, you know what, just go home, go to a movie, go have dinner with your husband or wife, whatever it is, instead of saying thank you, what some people do is then they use that as a crutch. Oh, well, my grandfather's sick, so I can't really work on this project or I can't, you know, that's why I'm not, you know, I can't give a hundred percent. And, you know, as somebody who owns a business, it's, that's tough because then it becomes, I'm paying for something and I'm not getting the return on it. And yeah, I'm not saying I don't let it happen because I do. I'm a, yeah, you know, it's hard. You I, gotta... But I, And I feel like at some point though, you reach a point where it's like, I just can't, I can't afford this anymore. Forget about how I feel. I really like you. I really respect you. Right. But this is, this is getting into dollars and cents now. Yeah. So that's where I have a problem yeah. with it. Yeah, I I ho- like when I read the article I was looking at the comments and I was really shocked that at least 50% of the people were like crying is not a- appropriate at the office and your comment about, you know, they they lose credibility. I think it's a shame because really smart, valuable people may emote tears mm-hmm. th- either through happiness or anger or frustration. And I think it's an opportunity for colleagues to connect in a way that they wouldn't otherwise. Mm -hmm. Um, I was sitting at a board table around a board with, you know, people that I just respect immensely and somebody was relaying something that happened and, um, she teared up Mm -hmm. and what that helped to do, she doesn't lose credibility with anybody. Right. But what it helped us all to do was to see how powerfully the situation was affecting her Mm -hmm. and then it influences how powerfully we wanted to respond on her behalf. Right. You know, that's, 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 that's huge, right? It's legit. And it's important that, um, I I think we have to reserve judgment, I think is what I'm saying. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I I think that there are times and places, but I think when it becomes the habit and the default patterns, different story. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well with that, we got to wrap it up. Um, Thank you so much, Kim Terry, for joining us. Thanks, Kim. And thanks to our sponsor, Optavia. I feel completely validated to keep my walk going, but I need to think about my food choices, obviously. It's all, it's it's a big plan. It's a life journey and you're going to do just fine. Don't you worry. Thank you guys so much for having me. Great to have you. Yeah. Um, and so it's late August. Yeah. So we will be coming back to you all probably late September. In September. Okay. And uh, don't forget to like us on Facebook. We want to hear your comments, upcoming topics we love to hear. Uh, You can visit us on SoundCloud. Oh, my God. I am going. I have to tell you, I'm going on my first um, girls weekend since maybe like 1997. Wow. When is that? Um, Late September. So maybe we'll catch up at right after that. Right after that. Because I've got like three or four girls trips planned before the end of this year. (laughs) So... I got a lot of It's my only vacation of 2018, and it's my only second, like, all-girls weekend in my life. So I'm excited. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next month. Toodaloo!